What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one at Gary Witta. Hello. Hello, Gary. How, How are, are you? Though? A very auspicious uh, Witta Wednesday, one for the history books. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't see my tweet, this is the final Widow Wednesday of all time. Gary, it's been a long journey. Uh, you doing Widow Wednesday here with us at Kind of Funny. Of course, it started a long time ago when you came in to guest host on a Games Daily. You did such a good job. Everybody said you should be a, a part-time uh, host with us. You had to come back like literally the next day because somebody failed. I forgot. <laughs> somebody didn't wake up. Something got you, canceled. You, rem- you remember my origin story better than I do. I don't remember my first ever Games I, Daily. A lot of people like to call me the Gary Widow biographer. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's what the I, official in the, in historian. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to write the book of Gary one day. Keeper of the, um, keeper of the flame 100% and then you know you came on and we said hey a lot of people like you and they want you to be a part-timer but you're probably too busy for that and you said no I'm not <laughs> we said okay do you want to do Widow Wednesdays I, and you said yeah that. I remember coming in just to help out whenever there was a spot and then I remember you and I were in the kind of funny kitchen yeah. back in the old building um and you said hey you know what if we tossed you a few bucks and it literally was like a few bucks honestly if you only still knew. is um, still is very little money <laughs> on a regular basis and I said sure and we've been doing it Ever since, I think the fact that it was alliterative helped. I don't know yeah. if, it, if, yeah. you know, if that, the Widow Wednesday thing hadn't been a thing, maybe it wouldn't have it wouldn't have caught on. But here we are, final one, at everybody. The, at the end, at the end of the Widow Wednesday uh, journey. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's with a heavy heart we say this is the final Widow Wednesday. Uh, Gary and I will now be hosting on Tuesday. Uh, Imran and Blessing will move to Wednesday. It's just better for yeah. my, stre- my streaming so schedule. That, so. so that does at least put pay to the question of was the alliteration the only thing keeping it going? Because I don't now know. Now we need to know. Now we'll know. Twi- you know Twitter, what I, mean? Twitter, I still Tuesday, think I don't know. What do you call it now? I don't know. I, my whole thought process in, and by the way, got you fuckers. Look at you idiots watching live for I a know, change. I like, say, Greg, when you, when you <laughs> told me, got you, you morons. When you told me, when you, when you, when you told me that you were going to do this i almost said i almost <laughs> said stay your hand sir because uh snowbike mike as you know pulled a similar oh, prank yeah. right before the holidays and oh, yeah. freaked a lot of people out because they thought the x cast was ending now you've done it again why do you enjoy well, this one was your, just your your biggest fans to this torture. Well, this was a fun follow up to the the to the Snowbike Mike long tease of killing the X cast, right? Of course, he knew we were going to give it a full time uh, position when it came back. This what you you were in twenty four minutes of oh what's going to happen? Everybody got to come in here. They bet their channel points, which I want you to know. Gary with inside information went in, and bet all of his channel <laughs> I points. I bet all my channel points on moving to a different day, and I've doubled my money because I had insider information uh gary here's the next big question i guess for you because yes. it, it, it is real you're moving to tuesdays i my plan yes. is to sit from now on to be like here's a test run right what's everybody welcome to kind of funny games daily for tuesday january 12 2021 a widow wednesday i'm still gonna call it that we're still gonna call tuesdays widows wednesdays we'll make sure you know what day it is but you know so, the one, so, so to me so just so everyone understands i only found out about this what like 24 hours ago you asked no, me well, if I, I asked you if you would have said no i would have toughed it out we would have toughed it out everything would have been i fine. mean but so so i mean I, I, is this just part of like you're just shuffling the schedules generally why am why am i being inconvenienced in this way uh it's mainly because <laughs> i still want to host with you the, the okay. options on the table were if you couldn't do it widow wednesday would then be hosted by blessing and i would move to host with imran on tuesdays just because right oh, now if i'd have known that too bad. You well, give me all the get, facts, Greg. Before I can I make still my get decision. you blessing. I can still bring blessing. I mean, blessing is still going to end up hosting with you. You know how this but I, goes. Yeah, but that's the thing because I, 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 host, I hosted too. with blessing just last week. I host with other people all the time. Sure, but he said he didn't like you, and so we had to work around that. You know, I mean, that that's fair thing. enough. That's, that's a shame because I really like blessing. It's but it's, again, it's, you, an un, it's an unrequited like. 
you get passed around. I mean, you know what I mean? You're the town bicycle. Everybody gets a ride. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll see everybody. You'll, you'll be hosting with everybody. You and Kevin I like hosting, hosting the show with Tim. I like hosting with Blessing. I like hosting with all of the uh, the kind of funny family. Now, this is an interesting one from the chat. OMGLX says Rogue Tuesdays. You know what I mean? Not Rogue One, Rogue Tuesdays. Yeah, because they did also write Rogue yeah, right, Two for the yeah, new yeah. Star Wars yeah. book. There you go. See, something um, to think about. We'll think about it. Smart. That's smart. Yeah, That's clever. because um, you call me the Rogue, the Rogue One. One. My so, blessing, I think, calls me the Force. I can't remember now. Everyone's that sounds got right. Their yeah, own that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, yes, I'm not going. Well, I am. I'm going to Tuesdays, but I'm not like leaving or anything. I'm going with them. Same shit, different day, basically. Literally, same shit, different day. But today, there's no time to lose because, of course, Ubisoft's making a Star Wars game and the EA Star Wars exclusivity deal is dead. Todd Howard can work on Indiana Jones, Elder Scrolls, and Starfield, and none of them will be affected, apparently. And Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show on Patreon.com slash Games. If you are on Patreon.com slash Games games you can write in with your questions you can write in with your squad up requests you can get the show ad free you can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you can watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games as we record it if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you, our new episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is up. It is our game of the year for 2020. We did what Gary wanted. We waited till January. We all thought about it. We played as much as we could. We did all this stuff. Integrity. It's about integrity. integrity. That's what you think of when you think of the Kind of Funny Games cast. The, the very first, the very first brand value I associated with you guys is <laughs> integrity. Remember earlier today when uh, Gary bet we all lied? his points? You <laughs> bet all his points on information he already had. <laughs> uh, of course, right now you can watch the games cast. It's a brand new way we're doing game of the year. We all did top ten ranked lists where the you know number ten gets one point, all the way up to number one getting ten points to actually crown a you know numerical some kind of vote to get game of the year. And the answers might surprise you. Was they there did a um, was there a clear winner or was it close? It was close, but there was a clear winner. It wasn't like a tie or anything, but there was a definitive winner by points. But it wasn't, like, there was, it wasn't like a was, runaway winner. No, no, no. Incredibly okay. close. That's how the points okay. worked out. And I'll let you know right now, not to spoil who wins game of the year. We're not going to talk about that from Gamescast. But what I will tell you, Gary, is I needed you on this show because Tim, Blessing, Imran, they don't get Animal Crossing and they suck. Well, you should they have asked suck. me, Greg. I'm, yeah, not, well, I'm not fucking psychic, Greg. I can't just show up like unannounced, <laughs> uninvited. You've got to invite me to the things. You're like, like a, vampire. a vampire. I cannot cross the threshold of your podcast unless I'm invited in. Okay, once, that's fair. Once, that's fair. once I'm invited in, though, you're fucked. I mean, that's, you know, again, the, the vampire thing, you know, the analogy extends. Um, no, I, you know, I, that would have been good. I, I would have had lots of thoughts on uh, Game of the Year. But, you I know. Mean, Blessing in here trying to defend his honor. Uh, Barrett in here trying to t- tell me how the votes worked out. It's not about that, all right? It's about that Tim claims to be Mr. Nintendo and doesn't play Animal Crossing. He doesn't have any, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. Blessing literally doesn't have emotions anymore, all right? All we know from Blessing in 2020 is that he hates Spider-Man Miles Morales for no reason. 
and he doesn't have any Miles taste. Morales? Hated it. You can go watch the IGN review crew video. He oh, that's the first it. time I've ever heard of anyone hating it. Now, for the record, he just he just wasn't as hot on it as like I was. But that kind of like okay. since everybody else is so hot on the game, like his like little bit of like amazing. I I was making out that he hates it, but he didn't hate it. Ah, housekeeping. Like I said, uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Hims, Brooklyn Inn and Burrow. But I will tell you about them later. For now. Let's start the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. (laughs) For some news. (laughs) Five items on the Roper Report. (laughs) Kevin, real quick, not related to anything. Nobody tell anybody anything. How do you pronounce, you know how when you think of like a mule, when you use the B word to describe a mule, how do you say that? Burrow, right? Yeah. Well, no, I pronunciation on that one yeah that? yeah okay that's cool, right cool. Burrow. burrow 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 okay. okay cool cool number one on the rope report uh ubisoft and massive are making a star wars game the e exclusivity deal is over this is a post from starwars.com the star wars gaming galaxy is about to experience its own big bang Quote, we've got a lot of stuff we're ready to start sharing with fans. Lucasfilms Games VP Douglas Riley tells StarWars.com because we've been quietly or working quietly behind the scenes for a while now waiting for this moment. And by this moment, Riley is referring to a new direction and era for Star Wars and Lucasfilm gaming overall. As Lucasfilm Games is now opening the doors to developers that want to come play in the galaxy far, far away. Case in point. The huge news that Lucasfilm Games and Ubisoft are collaborating on a new story-driven open-world Star Wars game. It's a genre long requested by fans and will come to life via Massive Entertainment, Ubisoft's critically acclaimed studio in Malmo, Sweden. Quote, we're really excited about the opportunity to work with the team at Massive, led by David Polferet, eh, Polfeld. And creative director Julian Garrity, of course, friend of the show. We spent almost a year now, and he didn't put the friend of the show thing in there either. Uh, we, back to the quote. We spent almost a year now working to get to know them and what they want to bring to the table, Riley says. I'm a huge fan of them, personally. I think we're going to be, I think we're really excited about that, where that project is going. Because they have a unique vision for the story and the game they want to deliver. Of course, Ubisoft and Massive Entertainment are renowned for their expertise in developing immersive worlds and in pushing the boundaries of technology with their proprietary engine, Snowdrop. Quote, we know that fans of Star Wars value the feeling of immersion, of being transported into the Star Wars galaxy and moving through richly detailed environments. It's fun to imagine what the team at Massive can do within Star Wars by bringing their innovative spirit and their commitment to quality, Riley says. And for fans of modern Star Wars games, fear not, some old friends are sticking around. Continuing the relationship that resulted in the reinvigorated Battlefront series, the critically acclaimed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and multiplayer hit Star Wars Squadrons, Electronic Arts will too play a big role in the future of Star Wars gaming. Quote, we're really proud of the games we have created with EA, Riley says. We will continue working with them and our relationship has never been stronger. While we may not have a lot of details to share at the moment, we've got a number of projects underway with the talented teams at EA. All of this news comes on the heels of the official return to the classic Lucasfilm Games branding. And there's a meaning in that change. Quote, this is really the culmination of years of preparing to come out and say, we're here. We've got a team of people and we're going to make a lot of great games. And there's some new things you weren't expecting us to do that we're now starting to do, Riley says. And that's going to continue throughout the next year or so where we're going to continue to announce projects that are more representative of the legacy of the old Lucasfilm games that we're trying to live, that we're now trying to live up to. 
Uh, IGN got a statement from EA about all this. It reads, quote, we are proud of our longstanding collaboration with Lucasfilm or Lucasfilm Games, which will continue for years to come. Our talented teams have created some of the most successful games in the history of the Star Wars franchise, including Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and Star Wars Squadrons. We love Star Wars and look forward to creating more exciting experiences for players to enjoy. End quote. Gary, the Rogue One Witta. You made a Star Wars yourself. You continue to be involved. You've obviously, you, like you just said, Rogue Two, you wrote, uh, of course, the comic book you got to do the adaptation of. Where are you on hype levels for this announcement? Um, I mean, I've got obviously there's lots of thoughts that I have about this. Let me see if I can like kind of put them in order. In terms of the the end of the EA uh, exclusivity arrangement uh, coming to an end, as as you know, people, if you've listened to to Greg and I talk about EA and Star Wars on the podcast before, I've said before I don't think EA um, has been a, 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 a particularly good steward of that license. They they squandered it largely. Ten years, right? Eight years into ten years. Yeah, twenty twenty three, I think, is when it 2023 officially twenty twenty three all in. So they will be more. You know, EA even put out a statement today saying there are more Star Wars games from us. Yep. coming. You're definitely getting like, another Jedi Fallen Order. Whether yeah, it, what so it's they'll, called they'll, they'll, yeah, there'll there'll be something else before that two year before that period um, ends. But yeah, what you know, what did you what if you're if you're like the head of EA or the head of Disney or Lucasfilm or whatever, looking back on the last ten years, are you happy with that? Would you do that again? Probably not. You yeah, know, Battlefront 2, my understanding is, and it's actually going to uh, be free uh, very soon on the Epic Game Store on PC, so I'm thinking about uh, giving it another try. Uh, my understanding is that Battlefront 2 has actually come a long way since its dis- disastrous launch. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's, no. Actually in pretty, it's actually in pretty good shape now. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm interested to kind of revisit it and see, where, uh, and, and see what it's all about. The story campaign, I thought, was pretty decent. Uh, and a lot of the microtransactions and a lot of the issues that plagued it at launch and really kind of killed its reputation it sounds like over the over the last uh, I read a Twitter thread on this the other night where one of the developers talked about like just how much they've changed it and how much work and, and effort they put into it since then. Uh, and that it is actually in pretty good shape now. So if nothing else, I'm gonna go revisit Battlefront 2 and like You should Battlefront 2's come a long way. It's come a it's long way. It's free on the Epic Game Store yeah. coming up, I think, later this week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out for sure. Um but no, I, I, and obviously Fallen Order, you know, what do you expect from Respawn? Of course they're gonna deliver. Uh, and Squadrons uh, was very well received as well, <coughs> but that's pretty much it. And, and you know, and, and then look at all the shit that all the cancelled games. Uh, you know, Amy Hennig's game, which we yeah. all, you know, any of us who saw the inside on that knows it would have been a banger. They cancelled it. You know, catastrophic mismanagement. They, 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 they largely fucked it up. There are a couple of good games, but for for a ten year period, that is not. They don't have much to show for it. And I think going forward now and going back to their um, you know, earlier uh, arrangement of just being able to seek out the developers that were right for each title, right? We've been talking recently about how great it is to see the right developers matched to the right franchise. Like, we're all excited about the new 007 game because it's the Hitman developers I doing was it. And so it perfect seems, for that, yeah. Seems like a perfect fit. We're excited about Indiana Jones and uh, Machine Games because, you of know, course. everyone who's played the Wolfenstein games knows that's a terrific fit. They hate um, Nazis. And now, so, so think about it this way. Like, let's say the EA said, we really want to do a big open world, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed, you know, Witcher type game in the Star Wars universe. But if you're stuck within the EA stable of developers and what they can bring to the table, like who, who could they bring to the table where you'd be like, oh, that's really exciting. I guess well, maybe Bioware, uh, you know, because they've, then- they've done... But you I know, mean, everybody all, has so much baggage over there, right? Everyone's got baggage. So, but but now being able to kind of cast a wider net and say, because 
say what you like about Ubisoft, and it's actually a criticism at this point, is that pretty much the only games they do, the only games they know how to do, whether it be Watchdog or Assassin's Creed or whatever, is basically these, you know, Far Cry, wander around, explore, shoot things, go on side quests. They pretty much are like one-trick ponies at this point, but they're very good. They've gotten very good at it. The Assassin's Creed games are good. The Watchdog games are pretty good. The Far Cry games are good. They're good at that one genre. So if you're gonna, if, if you're gonna say, again, I, I feel like this continues that tradition. Hey, guess what? We're doing a big Sony. Uh, sorry, we're doing a big Star Wars open world game, and it's massive because I forgot about the Division. You know, the Division, another another one. The developers of the Division doing a big EA Star Wars game open world i'm like yeah that again feels like the right fit of developer and franchise so i i think it's a positive move i'm excited to see this particular game to see what it is but i also think the end of the ea exclusivity and and lucasfilm and disney now being able to say you know we can work with whatever whatever developers we want who are the best fit not just who do we happen to have signed a 10-year contract with i think that's going to be a good thing for star wars games uh, going forward. I just want to say one other thing as well, because this is the real thing. I want to move past the Star Wars conversation. I'm really, really excited about the Lucasfilm Games brand name coming back. That is something that as an old school gamer who yeah. remembers, you know, even before it was LucasArts, when it was just Lucasfilm Games, we all we all have memories of like the, the great Lucasfilm games we played back then. And most of them weren't even Star Wars games back then. Here's the real opportunity. If, and if John Drake's listening or anyone who's running Lucasfilm Games is listening. I assure you, what, John Drake is Here's listening. what I want. Here's what I want. I want some of the old classic Lucasfilm games franchises resurrected. Let's bring back, come on, who doesn't want a new Monkey Island game at this point? Who doesn't want a new Day of the Tentacle Maniac Mansion? Uh, full throttle, put it out, full throttle, full, put it full out there. Full throttle, bring on. it back. You can bring back Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. Uh, bring back Ball Blazer, bring back Rescue and Fractalus, bring back Corona's Rift, bring back the Eidolon. The Lucasfilm, bring back the Dig. Lucasfilm is actually sitting on a massive, massive increase. You have to remember, Lucasfilm games back in the day wasn't just about fucking making Star Wars games and, and stuff, Indiana yeah. Jones yeah. games, although they were very good at that. Fatal Land is still one of the best Indiana Jones stories ever told. But what Lucasfilm games did in its early days wasn't actually just like, you know, let's adapt this, you know, other Lucasfilm properties. They developed their own. They developed their own original Lucasfilm properties, and they made a bunch of great ones. And I would love to see them go back to the vault. And they, they, they don't have to do everything, like obviously pick and choose, but like there's, there's actually some great old classic Lucasfilm games, original IP sitting in the vault that I think would be ripe for next gen, um, you know, resurrection. And I would love to see some of those old classic Lucasfilm games titles uh, be brought I, back, you know, in living color. I think that would be great. Guarantee you're going to. I think this, you know, the end of Riley's quote here, right? One of them. And that's going to continue throughout the next year or so. And we're going to continue to announce projects that are more representative of the legacy of the old Lucasfilm games that we're now trying to live up to. I for sure think that right now there is a conversation that has already happened or is continuing to happen to get, uh double fine making a full throttle get them making on uh, one of the classic uh, tim schaefer games get them working on something there that can do that and i think it's because you you know you joked or you mentioned it and if people don't know you know of course john drake friend of the show uh you know working over there now at disney games working on these licensing right like he's vp of games at uh, disney parentheses bd and licensing for disney pixar lucas and 20th century so john's been very busy uh this week as all these different announcements have rolled out and being part of that and i think that's what to draw it back a little bit i want to talk about here is that this is legitimately when we talk about the star wars games sure right now today but also what's going on 
the best case scenario for what's going on. If you remember throughout the conversations we've had on this show with you and other hosts as well, and me, you know, and obviously a million other video game podcasts, but when we talked about the mismanagement of Star Wars and how boneheaded this EA decade deal was, right, made in a very different video game industry from where we are now. I've said it over and over again. I've beaten the drum over and over again that, like, what they needed for Star Wars and now what they, they're doing for Disney, what they're doing for Lucasfilm, not that I'm saying I did it. This is not an ingenious idea. But what they needed was a Marvel Games. They needed a Mar- like the same way Bill Roseman is over there for Marvel Games saying, we are the Marvel Games label. We're no longer trying to make games internally. We're working with developers outwardly, having them play in our universe and what they're great at doing, right? And we see games like Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man, right? Uh, you see taking chances back in the day with Telltale, Guardian of the Galaxy. Like you see in even Avengers, which is not didn't work out so well and people are pissed about. But they're doing things, right? And they're working with people and they're, ta- they're getting big developers in there who know how to make games to make these games. This is back to that. This is best case scenario to wake up, you know, and, and, and this is one of the things I want to call out. Andrew Reiner, of course, uh, uh, EIC of Game Informer tweeted today, Monday, Lucasfilm Games, Tuesday, Machine Games is Indiana Jones, Wednesday, Massive Entertainment, Star Wars, Thursday, blank, Friday, blank. Will there be more? Like what a week we're having right now as fans to wake up to an Indiana Jones game from uh, Machine Games to wake up today to, yeah, the people who made The Division and The Division 2 are working on a Star Wars open world game. Like, this is what I want to see. And I do think that label, especially when you're talking about these giant AAA games and how long they're going to take, opens itself up to then go, okay, cool, Microsoft, let's make, we'll help you with partner up and make this game through double fine. Let's make full throttle, whatever we want to make full throttle be, or go to somebody else to do something else with the, the full throttle legacy. And let's have it be uh, Xbox exclusive. If you're working with double fine and so on like that, like I'm so excited to see what the smaller games are here. You know, again, yeah. I talk about Marvel games all the time and I talk about the big triple A stuff we all play, but people love clash of champions. You know, from what I played of it, I loved Marvel's puzzle quest, like smaller experiences, what indie developers are going to get pulled in here. And you might think, Oh man, like Lucasfilm, Disney, are they really going to work with indie developers? Are they really going to bring in smaller names? And I think to like, you know, something like for Iron Man VR on the Marvel side, right. With camouflage, our friends uh, for this one in particular, remember like, they hired John Drake. Like they hired someone who is so well known and so respected in the video game industry on the developer side. Like you listening right now might not know anything about John other than he's married to Andrea, right? Andrea is the bright shining star on our side of the industry that everybody knows. And John's over there, but on the developer side, people respect John so much. The fact that he's there speaks to me that they're taking this seriously. Yeah. And, there and, are John, those opportunities. And, yeah, and, and, and John, and John knows everybody. And that's, that's, that's a great asset to have there. And of course you've got John who, you know, has got one of the best contact books in the business, knows every developer. You've got, you know, a handful of, of, of you know, these incredible franchises from Star Wars and Indiana Jones all the way down to, again, that Luke, that incredible Lucasfilm archive, those, the, you know, of the, the, you know, whether it be Monkey Island, you know, all, the, all of these incredible yeah. um, games that they developed uh, over the years that I think are ripe uh, to, to be revisited um, and, you know, brought back to, you know, something new. Um, and you you touch on the idea of, of working with smaller indie developers. Like, look at what Mike Bethel did with John Wick. Like, wouldn't you yep. love to see like Mike, Bethel do a, like Mike Bethel? Like Mike Bethel is doing an, if he's doing an indie, you tell me he's doing an indie game in the Star Wars universe. I'm sitting up paying attention right away. I would like, I mean, I don't need like, you know, Yoda desktop adventures too anytime soon. They don't but need you to take it. You back. take it. <laughs> they don't need to bring everything back. You don't need it, but you take it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, it was Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures. That's what it was. It was Indiana Jones desktop adventures and like Yoda stories. 
Maybe there was a Yoda desktop adventures, but I don't remember. But there was a lot of shit. Chat, Star, you're Wars, wrong. Chat, Star Wars chess and all this kind of stuff that we don't that we don't really need. Uh, but there are classic, classic uh, Lucasfilm games franchises when it's come back. Like Rocket League's really popular right now. That was basically inspired by Ball Blazer was the original Rocket League. Fucking bring that back. Like bring back some of these classic franchises. They're in a ter- terrific position now, I think, at Lucasfilm Games because they've got this, this incredible, incredible library of, uh, of IP. And and developers that you know again who like I, I feel like it's 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 a it's a bit trickier than it used to be the idea of like who wants to work on a who wouldn't want to work on a Star Wars game well maybe some developers wouldn't actually because you know it's, it's it can be difficult working on these really really big uh, branded properties and they can be very difficult it's it's tricky as we've seen with EA in the last ten years it's hard to hit that bullseye there's a lot of ways that it can go wrong so you know you got to go into into this with your eyes open but there is tremendous tremendous opportunity for the right developers the right talent uh, to go through that that uh, that IP. If this is what Lucasfilm Games wants to do, they might, if you ask the people that are in charge of Lucasfilm Games right now, they might say, ah, we don't give a fuck about Ball Blazer or Rescue, Rescue and Fractalus. Like, no one knows what that shit is anymore. Um, I do. And, you know, I think there's a lot of gamers out there that um, that would be interested in seeing some of those classic franchises uh, made new again. So, look, my, 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 big, my biggest point, I guess, is this. If you know your video game's history, you know that Lucasfilm Games is so much more than just Star Wars and Indiana Jones. It's so sure. much more. In fact, its foundation was built on those original games, and I would love to see them um, revisit that vault and see what might be, might be good for uh, something new. Gary, if I may, mm. well, the one thing I would I like to toss in, we're just tossing hopes and dreams into a bucket here of what needs to happen, where people need to go, what needs to be. What we need from this you're working with developers of all shapes and sizes uh lucasfilm games it's time for amy hennig to make a star wars game she's over i don't, know if you'd, I, I don't think you'd get her back at this point but see but isn't i you know better than i do in terms of exactly what's going on there but so much of that is on ea isn't it like that hey, well, I look, look, hey, you i don't think you'd get amy back at this point they they wounded her so badly with the way she was treated on the on that game i so saw give her, her that, redemption lucasfilm i games. saw Come that in. game and it looked fantastic it was like the, the i don't think you make that game it. anymore you know what well, i mean i think i think but, ragtag's gone Amy's, but i think she's over but, at skydance like and she yeah, wants to make you know again, narrative. I, I i can't i can't speak for amy but she's very nicely set up now over at skydance sure. where she's got a big budget and creative um you know authority to to do whatever she, you know she wants that you know and having been through the star wars uh machine you know again it, you, it's there are lots of parameters and limitations and lots and lots of people that have to say yes to every creative decision and that you know what it's, that's not always something developers want to have to deal with there's definitely two sides uh, and it's not just Star Wars. It's any, whether it be, it could be Marvel, sure. any property, any Potter, property, yeah. any, any you know, Lord of the Rings, you are going to deal with a whole other level of stakeholders who are going to, who could say no for reasons that have nothing to do with the creative integrity of the game, but it's just some, the way in which they want to protect their, their brand. It can be really, really frustrating. So honestly, if they, even if EA or Lucasfilm Games went cap in hand back to Amy at this point and said, please come back, you can do whatever you want. I think a good chance you might say no. But stranger things have happened. Remember, you're mm. getting four hours of the Snyder Cut this uh, uh, very, very uh, year. Uh, one, from on the, the press Bar- pool. I was going to say, yeah. Barrett Courtney's stumbling in here. He's not on yeah. the ones and twos today. Just a fan coming in. What's up, Barrett? Uh, yeah, question. Um, are we getting a an update this week on, I feel like, the most important Star Wars title that's been talked about in the last few years, um, Small Watto? 
Where is Small Watto? That's a great point. That is an excellent point, Barrett. Thank you. Again, now that the walls have been broken down, uh, EA's tyranny has ended. The exclusivity Mm -hmm. deal is done. Again, everybody needs to tweet at John T. Drake on Twitter. You don't need people tweeting for you, Greg. You know John Drake, your personal friends. You've got the inside track. Call him today. I want to see the announcement by Friday. Kind of Funny Games Studios, the new indie developer on the scene. Okay. Hire a couple okay. of fucking coders. Pay a minimum wage. Crack the whip. Get busting those games out. Make them crunch. Let's get mm. this. Whatever this Wado game is, I'm, I'm down. Get it out in yeah. time for Christmas cool okay I, I, okay I like yeah that. thank you yeah yeah, yeah. hold on so get carboni on the phone uh, yeah well no we're gonna get everybody on twitter here so we're starting a tweet right now that will be open for 24 hours so even if you're listening later you need to go to this the gloves are off star wars games can be made by anyone would you buy a and then i'm putting in a small wado game and then we're gonna tag john drake john t drake here we go mm. john t yeah there it is and then we're gonna tag lucas film games there it is then we're gonna tag anthony carboni too yeah because he has to be there if you could if you could hold off on tweeting that because i also just tweeted at lucasfilm games telling them that they should do a republic commando game with the bad batch and i think that's a really good idea i mean i honestly think you can tweet out small wado everybody's just gonna pay attention to small wado so you know yeah also bring back star wars 1313 i want that boba fett game in my life that would be that would be a very good goodwill one. Regardless, yeah. I don't know how viable that game ever really was, but obviously it's considered like the great lost, you know, Star Wars game. That if they said they were bringing that back, um, I think people would be excited about that. But I think, Who would I think do they it, already, though? that's the big I think, question. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, but they already took a lot of the DNA of that and they put it in Amy's game. Essentially, it was mm-hmm. I think it was very thirteen thirteen in yeah. in tone. You know, kind of like you know, back streets of Coruscant and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff um and yeah again again who would who would make it i don't know but again this is the point now they can go to any developer they're not just stuck with ea's uh you know very limited stable and all those bullshit restraints oh, it has to be made on the frostbite engine even though it's not really appropriate for this kind of game they really fuck themselves in lots of ways with that ea uh license and i and i think that disney and lucasfilm are probably really breathing a sigh of relief uh, that their relationship with EA is coming to an end. And that's why you're seeing all this excitement, right? Lucasfilm Games now saying, look, we've got we've got machine games over here doing this. And it's it, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, they got out of this long-term relationship and now they're just fucking everyone. They they're can fucking find. everybody like, yeah, they're right now. A fuck fest, just going nuts, jumping into bed with all the be- all the, the hottest developers uh, on the block because they've got the top, they've got the top uh, franchises that people want to work on. And that's great. I can't wait to see the baby boom that's going to result. Uh, totally. From this, from this fuck fest, bring on those beautiful bouncy babies. We want to, we want to play every one of them. Gary, there's so much excitement for this and Barry, you're here too. There's so much excitement. Of course, Barry, a huge star Wars fan. What do you get bringing back a new story driven open world Star Wars game? What do you think that actually will be? BJ Bernardo wrote in saying, you know, he was he did it. He wanted me to do a Yoda voice, but we're too late in the show. He wanted it to be Boba Fett, right? I wonder at this point, when you get into it and you're thinking of a story driven open world Star Wars game, like, do you have to have a lightsaber? Do you have to be a Jedi? Can you be a scoundrel? If you're going to do a bounty hunter, if you're going to be a Boba Fett or a Mandalorian, like, is that too? Is it just piggybacking off of again what Amy was trying to do, right? With Ragtag or thirteen thirteen was I mean, trying to my, do. Like- I mean, my under- my understanding, and this you know, this goes back to you know the things that we've been back beating our head against the wall for for years. Is that you know when Amy's game was starting to take shape, 
that some of the some of the pushback from EA leadership was this is just Star Wars Uncharted, and I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have hired the person you made Uncharted to work and on also, Star Wouldn't that be game. awesome? Wouldn't like, that be also, fucking awesome? Yeah, and also like, yeah, that's fucking great. Like we we wanted that game, and and it's heartbreaking that we're never going to get Jedi it. And like Jedi Fallen Order, like also it had like a little Uncharted inspiration, and but that I was think. In, in, in screenwriting, you're taught to look for the note behind the note. Like the studio will tell you something. And sometimes it's like that note doesn't make any sense, but you learn to kind of figure out like where you have to figure out where it's coming from. It's like this, this you know, this this note that you're giving me make, is not a good note. But I understand like what it is, what you, what it, the problem that you're trying to diagnose is what if we went about it this way? Um, the note behind the note when they say this is just Star Wars Uncharted is they think that they wanted something more open world. They saw that they saw the trend that was emerging again, largely through Ubisoft, you know, Watch Dogs, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, you know, the Witches out there as well. There's all these big open world games right now that I, I think that they were probably like looking ahead and thinking people aren't by the time this game comes out, people aren't going to want like a linear experience, even though that's exactly what fucking Fallen Order ended up being right follow an order is not open world you pretty much you know are on a are on a set path um so i think that that that, that kind of put the lie to that but i think the ea wants to occupy that big open world space that they see ubisoft making so much money sure. in well again this um, is what you're supposed to be doing right if you have if you can take the property anywhere take it to people who can do it and what's interesting of course is that ubisoft yes known for their open world games their collectathons they're sinking your points but massive being part of it's very interesting because of course the division wasn't that kind of game it was obviously yeah. run around and do stuff but you were working with other people i wonder if this will be multiplayer i wonder if it's not you know of course julian uh garrity had gotten in not trouble, but like had started a, a, a stir on Twitter last year, Times of Flat Circle, maybe a little bit before that even, uh, about talking about doing a Division single player game. Like clearly they've had mm. those ideas. Uh, I've invited Imran Khan in from uh, the twitch.tv slash kind of funny games chat. Uh, hey, Imran, how are you? I'm doing great. I hear this is where we pitch Star Wars games. We're pitching Star Wars games here. What do you want to see, Imran? Okay. So once the producer of Omega Force said his dream game was a Star Wars Musou. So uh-huh. I would, one, I want to see that. That game should exist. Two, if we're longer just putting Star Wars over existing shit, there should be a Star Wars XCOM. There should be an XCOM game Ooh, where you're just mm. like, I don't care if you're the Rebel Rebellion, you're the you know the Stormtroopers, Empire. whatever. Yeah, whatever. Do what I, all I want to do is I want Star Wars sounds to come out while I'm playing XCOM. And I think they did, I feel like idea. they did that back in the day, whether it was like Empire at War or there was something that was that was in that in that space similar. It might have been more like fleet level rather than squad level, but I, yeah, I hear mm. what you're saying. Yeah, no. I, basically, every genre that exists should just have like, like let's take every popular game. Let's take fucking Red Dead and just put like Star Wars in there. <laughs> um, as far as the Ubisoft thing of like uh, who we play as or like what that's about, I want it to be pre-episode one. Maybe not all the way. Like they're doing like the High Republic stuff right now, which is like two hundred years uh, before episode one. But like, whoa, where did Burn go? I'm sorry. He said his point. He left. Okay. All right. Or he was just really bored by my point. Take a hint. It's like, all right, fuck this. He said his two games and he got the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want okay. pre-episode one for for the Ubisoft game. I'd like to be right before episode one. I'd like to I'd like to be like in the Trade Federation and really fuck that shit up for him. And not like <laughs> I mean like more like a management sim where I'm fucking up the trade stuff. Uh, yeah. Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. You've come in from the chat. What's your Star Wars game? Uh, yes, I would like to pitch a Star Wars roguelite. Um, preferably developed by super giant games i think that's oh, awesome. and you know yes. who we should play as blessing who? cal castus darth maul oh i like because his, his whole character is all about like 
like uh i forget like what the, they compare it to he's like the fool trying to roll the rock up the hill and like never like uh gets it up and so like that kind of like idea of roguelike where you're dying over and over again like i, I feel like that'd be very fitting for like darth maul's story and i feel and i think it'd be like a cool it'd be it'd be very hades right but like you're like tr you're darth maul trying to escape the darkest depths of dathomir i feel like that could be a fun mm. oh that'd be neat mm. Yeah, that's really good. What about a, what about a rogue like like Hades? But instead of instead of like you're trying to escape from the underworld, it's Boba Fett trying to escape from the Sarlacc's belly. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I sure. like that. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. Oh shit! So my favorite level of Gears of War is still that one where you have to chainsaw your way outside of the giant. You know, remember when you're stuck inside like the intestinal tract no. of a giant alien, and you have to like chainsaw your way through all the fucking intestines and shit. That was great. Do mm. that, but with Boba Fett. You got to escape the uh, the pit of Carcoon. That reminds me of one of my favorite uh, moments in South Park: The Stick of Truth, where you're in, you're inside somebody's butthole and you're trying to escape. <laughs> that was a Very great one. Level. That was I like that Very one. Good level. Yeah, I wonder. That's the fun thing about it. One of the hold on, actually, I deleted it because I was like, we're not gonna get to this question. Uh, let's toss this in here. All right, uh, Eric writes in and says, "Hello, Greg and Mr. Star Wars himself, Gary Witta, with Ubisoft and Massive revealing that they're working on a Star Wars game. It brings up a question I've been asking myself since the Lucasfilm Games announcement the other day." How is Disney able to police slash control content being made from each developer? Since Disney's acquisition of Star Wars in 2012, they have been very clear that everything coming out going forward would be under the same canon. With this in mind, how can Disney ensure that Ubisoft making open world game X doesn't interfere or contradict with the narrative of a single player Star Wars game that EA is making? Uh, he goes on and continues to ask questions. I think you deviate back to the fact that you have lucasfilms games now this is their whole thing in the same way marvel games oversees all the different marvel stuff and lets those developers they're working with know what another developer is doing understands how this stuff if you take canon seriously you can keep track of all that and back to gary's point talking about the amy game is and i know this more from other from the marvel games and people i've talked to that there are tons of meetings and decisions and con you have conversations where people are keeping track of what's going on yeah I, I mean i've literally been in those meetings and you know it's not it's not going to Lucasfilm Games keeping all the games straight. Lucasfilm Games is going to be making decisions like, well, you know, don't do, you know, I we, we don't want to do an open world game over here because we're already doing one. We want to, you know, make sure that you know, we've we've got like a diverse portfolio of games that are kind of hitting all kinds of different genres and, and eras, you know, canonically in the Star Wars universe. They're going to want to kind of spread that around. But ultimately, this is all going to be under the auspices auspices of the Lucasfilm Story Group. Yeah. We monitor everything from the films to the TV shows to the video games to the fucking merchandise everything and making sure that everything kind of you know that, that things aren't contradicting themselves canonically um and that it all you know and, and, and then the opportunity of course is as you saw in uh fallen order things like you know saw guerrera who originated yep. in the clone wars and we used later in rogue one also showing up in uh fallen order your know, death troopers and a lot of other things that we originated in rogue one showing up and you know where all, all of these pieces you know kind of connect and it's the story group's job to make sure that all those kind of points of connectivity happen in you know in a way that is beneficial to the overall you know feeling of this is all one connected universe and they're not yeah. stepping on anyone's toes or this game is not going to contradict what you know this tv show said and so forth and as that as that new kind of canon of material builds up um you know there's there's more and more for them to kind of keep an uh, an eye on because that new canon that new history is being written every day and they're kind of the keepers of that of that flame so this is going to be partly on lucasfilm games and it's going to be partly on lucasfilm story group to make sure that all that stuff remains consistent that's what they, I think they've, been, they've been doing it for years now 
and that gets super exciting when you start thinking about how you could have crossovers here and what you could do, right? Because I think, uh, Kevin, I'm going to turn to you on this one. And Gary, have you you watched Mandalorian season two, right? Or no? No, I haven't watched it. Do you care about spoilers? Like, have we? Like, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I already know all the shit that happens in it. I feel like I've everybody's in that boat, I, right? Because so, I've looked at the internet, but uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to ruin the ending of it, and it's something I think that's been in headlines. But just to bring it up here, and I don't think I'm ruining anything, but if you don't want to know anything about Mandalorian season two, this is your chance to fuck off for just five seconds. Uh, it's the idea that like Boba Fett's back in that, right? And he's there, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered, oh, man, I can't wait to see the story of how that happened. And now they've opened up this giant chunk, right? But chances are that would never be live action because the actors moved, gotten older, right? That could be, this could be the Boba Fett game, right? It could yeah. pick up with falling into the Sarlacc pit and trying to get out and figure out what's going on. I think- I've, I've, always said, I've always said that the video games don't get enough credit for keeping the Star Wars flame alive during that period, like through the through kind of the mid to late 80s and, and all the way through to the mid 90s when... Uh, the uh, late '90s when the um, prequels came out, it was pretty. Th- th- there were books and other things, you know, keeping stuff going during that period. But the only way that you could experience Star Wars, like on a screen with the music and every and everything else that we associate with Star Wars, was the video games. It was shit like Dark Forces and X-wing and Tie Fighter and Shadows of the Empire, the, you know, and all of those games. Um, you know, Knights of the Old Republic. Those those were the things that kind of kept us sustained as Star Wars fans during that kind of long decade where there wasn't anything else happening yeah. you know, in film or television in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, I think that should continue to be the tradition going forward. Obviously, Star Wars has now got this very healthy future in front of it, and particularly in television, where there's like, what, 20 different TV shows in development right now or whatever it is, a lot of stuff. But, you know, I think now that it's kind of all hands to the pump again on making Star Wars content, I'm I really again I'll come back to the topic. I'm really, really glad to see just just as an old sentimentalist, really glad to see the classic old Lucasfilm Games brand come back. And it and also it just makes strategic sense for them to have like a unified brand that will help steer all of this going forward. Cause it's gonna be it's gonna be trickier now. You know, it was easy, at least it was easy when it was all with EA, right? It was one sure. partner you had to deal with. Different studios within it, but one partner you had to deal with. Now they're gonna be dealing with um, you know, for, you know, all these different, you know, partners, whether it be um ubisoft or you know bethesda and there's going to be lots more to be announced um going forward i'm sure um to have like a core steering group that is going to you know make sure that that there's like a unified effort that you know it's not just about making one individually good game here or one individually good game over there but it's all part of like a grander plan they're you know very they're very big on kind of planning and you know having you know like a a big picture view and i think that, that you're seeing evidence of that now Roger Pocorny from kindoffunny.com. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. You've answered the call. You've come to pitch your Star Wars game. I want everybody to know in the chat right now, Paris Lilly from the Kind of Funny X cast said he was about to jump in, but then his wife started vacuuming. I say we don't care about the vacuum. Hop on in. Uh, gotta Roger, what's... You've got to get that um, NVIDIA broadcast. It'll wipe there that you shit go. right See? out. You won't even know. Raj, what's your Star Wars game? Uh, I tweeted this a while ago, and this is something that I think about a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ahsoka, and she is very popular right now, especially in The Mandalorian, and she has her own show coming. Uh, I think it would be amazing to have an Ahsoka video game that's like Ghost of Shima. Uh, an open oh, world, yes. an open world game where she's hunting down people, trying to find where Thrawn is, uh, trying to find Ezra Bridger. Um, I think that would be a really a slam dunk for the Ahsoka character, and I think it, the game kind of kind of makes itself in terms of uh, the open worldness. Uh, so that's something that I, I really want. I think Ubisoft would kill it. 
Excellent. Uh, Tim Geddes from kindoffunny.com. You're calling in from San Francisco, California. What's your Star Wars pitch? Yes, yes I am. Uh, this is exciting times for everybody. Very excited about the news uh, dropping today. But my pitch is for a character that I really like. Gary was saying kind of like, you know, the, the video games kind of bring life to, to characters in a way that we haven't, that we don't really get to see in too many different places because like the live action things and the CG shows that kind of makes things canon in a way that I feel like the comics and books don't necessarily do. And I feel like video games are, are the next best thing. So I want to take one of my favorite comic Star Wars characters, Dr. Afra, and give her a game. She's this really cool character that essentially now is doing a bunch of different stuff. But when she was introduced a couple of years ago was like Darth Vader's kind of right hand woman. And he would just send okay. her on missions to go fuck shit up. And she's total badass. She has two droids that are like evil uh c3po and r2d2 and they're awesome nice that's awesome yeah like you should you should check it out like look at an image of it because it's it's very funny very sarcastic a lot of humor um but i would want a game that is jedi fallen order type game but with a focus on blasters instead of sword play so more of a third person shooter okay uh, but narrative driven you know 13 hour campaign call it a day for an awesome character that's what i want Okay. Uh, Paris Lily from the Kind of Funny X-Cast. What's your game? So my idea is to have a Star Wars game in a Bungie, made by Bungie. So it's almost a Destiny style, right? A shooter. Yeah. But it's from Grand Admiral Thrawn's point of view. So we're looking at it from the Empire's point of view in a post-Return of the Jedi world. And I know you, you tweeted at me, Gary. I know there's novels and everything, and I know they want to make all this canon, but it would be nice to see a shooter-based Star Wars that comes from the Empire's point of view, and you are literally the Empire. You're not always the rebels. You're not necessarily good, the good guys, so you're trying to see their point of view and what their ambitions are and why they're trying to do what they do. Now, I'm going to cheat. And this isn't Star Wars, but I also want to throw in because we're talking Lucasfilm, sure. Lucasfilm games. I want to see a Howard the Duck platformer game. <laughs> now, somebody it. who voiced Howard the Duck, I'm excited for this and I am available for opportunities. There you go. That's my pitch. I'm out. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Go vacuum. Uh, Snowbike Mike, you are calling in from beautiful Lake Tahoe. What's your Star Wars pitch? Hello, everyone. This is Snowbike Mike. Uh, my Star Wars pitch is simple. Bring back more pod racing. More pod racing. Thank you. That's okay, all there you go. There you go. I'm with Mike on that one. Star Wars Episode One Racer, one of the most underrated games in the Star Wars uh, video game library. We used to have cash money races for that back in the PC gamer days. That's really, awesome. really fun game. I would love to walk in and see you dorks with money on the table. I'm, gl I'm so glad they brought. I'm so glad they brought that back. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, just, just, just re-releasing it was, yeah. was was nice to see. Um, Yes, a lot of great ideas, a lot of great potential. I do actually have, you know, the Boba Fett escape in the Sarlacc pit is like a fun idea, but like I do actually have, in all seriousness, an idea, a, a, a different Star Wars idea. It's actually me and Chris White's my co-writer on Rogue One, okay. hooked it up together, and I really, really want to do it. I just don't know if it's a TV show or a video game or a comic book or what, but like I, we, Chris and I have an idea that we would love to do. Um, a new story in the Star Wars universe. Maybe I'll give Drake a call and see if he wants to make a video. See, that's the thing. I like that. Like all of us come in with our dumb ideas and like you have one that you won't say because you could legitimately turn it into a Star Wars thing at some point. <laughs> Whether it's a comic book game, movie, cartoon, like it could actually happen. So you're going to hold that one. You never know. You never know. 
What an exciting day for Star Wars news. Uh, I'm super excited. I can't wait to see what happens now that the gloves are off and Lucasfilm's games can work with everybody. But for right now, let me remind you, if you want to be part of the show, work for us, then you can just pop in the chat room and talk to us anytime. Or you can go to Patreon. Just now doing housekeeping? No, we're just doing ads now. (laughs) Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can write in to be part of the show. But more importantly for right now, that's where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hymns. For Hymns.com is all about men's wellness. We all know the story. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked up hymns uh, to help keep their hair full and healthy. We can confirm it's full, it's healthy. Uh, through hymns, you can also get prescription medication that treats ED. Real science, real solutions to ED. Uh, hymns makes it easy. Hymns connects you with licensed medical professionals online who can prescribe FDA-approved prescription medication to treat ED. Once you get the active, I'm sorry, you get the same active ingredient uh, that the expensive little pill has, but without the expensive price tag. This could cost hundreds of bucks if you had to go through a doctor or a pharmacy. Not so with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. Uh, no embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. Just answer a few questions online about your medical history, and a provider will confidentially review. If approved, your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging, and shipping is free. No more searching online for answers to questions about ED or sexual wellness. Just go to your Hims account and ask a medical professional you can trust. Why live with ED when the solution can be so simple? Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash funny games for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash funny games. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash funny games. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See the website for the full details and safety information. Remember, forhims.com slash funny games. Up next is Brooklinen. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you've looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay to get one set and gave up. Trust me, go check out Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also got tired of trying to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. Uh, when they couldn't do it, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer betting company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting and is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, towels, pillows, uh, loungewear, and more. Uh, You can buy sheets, bedding, and pillows all at once and save even more. Uh, You know that we love Brooklinen. I'm Greg Miller, and I sleep on Brooklinen sheets. I was very impressed when we did it years ago, and now they're the only sheets I use. And then since then, I've bought towels and everything else from Brooklinen because it's just a really good deal and really good quality. Uh, it's 2021. Do something nice for yourself and start the new year. Uh, to help you do that, Brooklyn has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the pro- promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com, promo code GAMES at checkout. And up next is Burrow. Uh, I can't stand shopping for furniture. The options, the transporting, the building, it's all frustrating. This is generated copy, but that's an actual true statement. I despise shopping for furniture. Uh, that's why I'm excited to tell you about well, that Kind of Funny Games Daily is supported by Burrow, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern life at home. They built the company from the ground up to fix all the ways that shopping for furniture is frustrating. Every decision they make, from the first sketch to the new ca- of the new couch uh, to the fast free delivery promise, is made 
uh, with your experience in mind. Burrow provides easy online shipping, no more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class team is available whenever you need it. It's furniture designed uh, for the way you live. The credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically. The award-winning Nomad sofa has a built-in USB charger. Assembly is simple. Uh, Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being so easy to follow. Modular design means they're easy to set up, but also easy to take with you to your next home. And, and there's fast, free shipping on every order. Burrow saves users an average of $100 on large items like a couch. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order with Burrow.com slash games. That's Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash games for $75 off your first Burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games. Gary, believe yes, it or Gary. not, we're still talking a bit about Lucas Films games. This one really? is number two, though. Yeah. Todd Howard's role on Indiana Jones doesn't affect Starfield or Elder Scrolls. This is according to John Jordan, sorry, Oleman at IGN. Uh, Bethesda marketing boss Pete Hines uh, has said that Bethesda Game Studios director Todd Howard's work on the machine games Indiana Jones project will not affect his main focus on directing Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6. As part of the announcement that Machine Games and Bethesda are working on an Indiana Jones game, it was also made clear that Todd Howard would act as executive producer for the project. However, Howard is also director on Starfield and The Elder Scrolls VI, which we expect to be huge projects for the company. Replying to a Twitter thread noting Howard's involvement in multiple Bethesda projects at the same time, Hines reassured fans of his priorities. Quote, Todd is currently EP on many uh, BGS, you know, uh, Bethesda Game Studios, and other projects such as the Fallout TV show, the tweet reads. His main focus remains directing the upcoming Starfield and the Elder Scrolls VI games, which aren't affected by today's news. End quote. That involvement in the Indiana Jones games seems to come down in part to Howard's love for the franchise, uh, to the point where many thought he had actively been teasing the Indiana Jones game project months ago. As it turns out, he just has a lot of indie merchandise on his shelf. Quote, Todd is a lifelong indie fan and has been trying for over a decade to make this game, wrote Hines in the announcement. Uh, He's beyond excited to work with the award-winning Machine Games team, a perfect fit for indie. Uh, We talked a little bit about this at the top, but you stoked for this one? Is Indiana Jones one of your games or one of your franchises, Gary? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I grew up with Indiana Jones. I remember paying an exorbitant amount of younger uh, audience members, and I'm sure they all are way younger than me, won't remember this. But back in the day, VHSs. when VHS tapes first came out, they weren't available for purchase. They were only available for rental. You could buy them. But you could, but you would buy them at the price that the 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 the, the rental place would buy them for. So, like, I remember saving up money and paying like eighty pounds, which is you know like well over well over a hundred dollars yeah. for for India for for Raiders Lost Art on on VHS tape because it was like just the best movie ever, and I just wanted to watch it over and over and over and over and over, and I was obsessed with it. Um, and you know, the Indiana Jones franchise obviously has gone on to become this this you know this this pop culture monolith. Like everyone knows. Who Indiana Jones is, although the the point's been raised, this is interesting. I mean, you know, the last Indiana Jones film came out what in the like Last Crusade came out in what like the no 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 Crystal Skull or the Glass Skull Indiana Jones Crystal Skull is right. What who? It was with Shia LaBeouf. He swung from he swung like a monkey from trees. Knowledge was their Are treasure. Are you sure you didn't just dream this? Because I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Indiana Jones, he got in a fridge and closed it. It saved him from a nuclear blast and <laughs> threw him <laughs> in the air. <laughs> I didn't so, say, 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 save your Save your fever dreams for someone okay, else. Okay, sorry. Maybe, I, maybe I made that up. I made that the up. Point, the, 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 point, the point I'm making is that a lot of people have um, 
grown up now. A whole generation of kids are basically grown up like not knowing who Indiana Jones is, right? Because they ne- they've never seen a movie. Like the movies didn't come out while they were alive, and they probably haven't gone back. And are you aware so- that Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. and Tim Geddes have not seen Indiana Jones? Any of them? Any of them. Okay, so, I mean, that's, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm never going to be one of these content cops who's like, oh, you've never seen this? Well, it's important to me, so you've got to sit down and watch it right now. Yeah. But, like, if, you, if you've got any, if you have, if you, there are certain movies that if you have any claim to being a fan of cinema at all, it's really not excusable that you haven't seen, like, certain films. And I would say that at least the original Raiders of the Lost Ark should be on that list. It's, one, like, literally one of the all-time great pieces of American cinema. Uh, and so that's, again, it's just weird. Again, I'm not going to shame weird. anyone over it. Um, it's so weird. My, my, it's not, yeah, no shame. Weird. My, 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 my point is this gamers of a, a lot of, a lot of gamers of a certain age are going to be very excited about Indiana Jones. A lot aren't because yeah. it was before their time. So, um, I still think it's going to be terrific. I'm very excited about it. Um, and you know, I have full faith in, in Todd Howard. It's, I, I'm very happy for Todd. You know, he's a big Indiana Jones fan and this is a passion project for him. Great. And it's, it's, it, and it's like one of those things where in terms of the bandwidth, like this has come up with me, with, with me before, like I've had a lot of things on my plate and then someone offers me like the opportunity to work on something really cool that I would love to do. And I'll always say like, they'll say like, are you available? And I'm like, I'm busy, but for this, I will fucking make the time. And this is, oh, Todd's obviously made a similar calculation and uh, and good for him he'll he'll get it done he's a professional uh number three on the roper report hogwarts legacy has been delayed the tweet image reads we would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of hogwarts legacy from our port key games label creating the best possible experience for all of the wizarding world and gaming fans is paramount to us so we are giving the game the time it needs hogwarts legacy will be released in 2022 Strike you strange at all, Gary? Um, what the game being delayed? Yeah. Um, not particularly. One, it's kind of it's things- just early. You know what I mean? It's the second week of January. And you're granted if you know you're not going to hit it, fine. Maybe you just gave it a 2021 release date, to, or yeah, a 2021 release date at the PlayStation thing, right? To be like, hey, one of one of, one of the things um, that uh you and i have talked about and which i certainly talked about with paris and uh snowbike the other day on the on the first uh kind of funny x cast of 2021 was what is going to be the legacy of the cyberpunk catastrophe and i think mm-hmm. if any good mm-hmm. comes out of it you always look for the silver lining if there's any silver lining it will be like the greatest cautionary tale ever in terms of just don't release the game to hit an arbitrary date release it when it's fucking ready or you'll pay the price and cyberpunk now is like nobody wants to be the next cyberpunk horror story sure. where an otherwise really good game just got absolutely fucked at launch simply because they released it when it wasn't ready and Half-baked, arguably yeah. released it on platforms that it was never going to be ready for. It, you know, I, I, I still think it's an open question whether or not CD Projekt can ever get the base PlayStation and Xbox versions running at a satisfactory level. But we do know that the PC version is pretty solid. It's going to get there, and the next versions will probably be much more solid. But the point is, we saw it with Battlefront 2 as well. They, they, they released it in, in a very poor state, and it took them forever to recover, if they ever did fully recover. Um, and so for me now, every time people say a game's being delayed and we were, we were already even pre cyberpunk. We we're kind of in this culture of like, yeah, of course, you know, there's always the toxic fans and oh, I'm going to come to your house and kill you. Cause fuck knows why 
people think that way, but some people do. But the mo the vast majority of like sensible, rational human beings who are also video gamers, when they see that delay on any game, are like, yeah, of course, take the yeah, we'll be here. Trust me, it's fine. We got. We'll just keep living our lives until the game comes out. It's fine. It's not like you're waiting for a bus, you know, with nothing to do or nowhere to go. We can yeah. go live our lives, play other video games, and the game will come out when it's ready. So I think we've become much more tolerant and respectful and just, you know, sanguine about when when a game gets delayed. We're like, don't worry about it. Um, and again, that goes doubly now when you see what happens when you do try to hit a date. The cyberpunk thing, I think, more than anything else is going to terrify developers going forward about the idea of releasing a game before it's ready. The only the only thing that is uniquely more interesting with the Harry Potter thing is I maybe it's a good thing may I don't know if it, if, if it's ever get, if it's going to get any better in the next year or two but maybe it gives them more time to kind of detox for the brand to kind of detoxify itself because I remember Greg during that showcase when they first showed that trailer yeah. I was yeah. watching the live chat and the prevailing thing the prevailing attitude was oh dear this is a bit awkward do you know what that, i mean that so, is one thousand percent and i to be of course all cards on the table completely clear i've been lucky enough to talk to you all about video games for almost 14 14 years in this uh, in march it'll be 14 years in march it's i love it it's amazing i talk out of my ass a lot and just go off of what i know about games and remember i've never made a game i've never uh marketed a game i've never been on that side of the industry i find this delay interesting because it's the second week of january it's not like they said this game was coming in march they just announced 2021 they did all this stuff and since they announced it of course when it, there's been think pieces and uh and right, rightfully so of people coming up and questions to us on greg way of just like hey how do i play this game when J.K. Rowling's a transphobe in saying such horrible things on Twitter and putting up these medium posts that I think is, are just you know at odds with my values, but I still love what Harry Potter was, but even that's tainted. And you see Daniel Radcliffe and you see uh, Emma Watson putting up statements and, put, and like you're right, Gary. When this came, when this release date got put out, it was immediately overshadowed. The work of the developers who are working hard and are not working closely, I assume, with J.K. Rowling and not doing the thing, their work and years of work were overshadowed by the fact that she wants to be a bigot online. And so then that has been the continued conversation around this game. I, I, I wonder, and again, I know jack shit about all things. And I bet this game is de being delayed because at least 80, 85, whatever percent, the overwhelming majority of it is, we could use more time. What what if we took more time? We could do a little bit more. And I have to think someone's in that room going, yeah, sure, the game will be better and hopefully we can distance ourselves from this. And she, it won't be as fresh in everybody's mind that the person who created this wonderful world is being a bigot online, is being a transphobe online. I wonder how much of that is wrapped up in this. And I will never know. And again, I know nothing developers and people at Porky Games could be laughing and be like, oh, no, that's not, we wouldn't do that. And I'm not saying it's 100% of the reason, but I would think there's part of the reason in there that there's a little bit to say, let's I, get I, some distance. Yeah. I get it. And you, you and I, Greg, are obviously kind of both, you know, bleeding heart, libtards, and, and call, 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 it, call us whatever you like, but we are. Oh, wait we till are. the next story I, if you think we're I bleeding wear, heart, libtards on I this. Wear it with pride. <laughs> My daughter, who's eight years old, recently expressed an interest in getting into the Harry Potter books because her friend's into them. Yeah. And, you know, the books, you know, it, 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 as much as you can separate the art from the artist, the books for kids are a great read. And if it helps my daughter get into reading chapter books, I'm, you know, I'm all for that. But like my wife insisted on getting a used copy because she won't give JK Rowling any money. Yeah. And that's, I think the pro and, and I support that. I agree with it. 
Um, and I think that that's going to be the, the, the problem for a lot of Harry Potter fans. Because this is, I mean, obviously it's a massive market, but this is mostly going to be appealing to Harry Potter fans. And there's been a big schism in the Harry Potter fandom world. Sure. People who have remained loyal to the author and people who have said, and I, I, I know some friends who are like some of the biggest Harry Potter fans you will ever, ever meet in the world. And even they said, I, I can't do it. I can't support it. Like, I have to stay. This is heartbreaking for me because I love the world she created, but I cannot support this woman anymore. And she steps away. The re- and the reality is if you buy that game, yeah, some of that money is going to go to the author who you might right. have. She a owns the IP, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's how that royalties work. You think she's not making any money off of that game? Anything that has the has the Harry Potter name on it, she's going to make money from. So if people are uncomfortable supporting that, and there was a story that even some of the developers internally in the game were have been uncomfortable working on the game yeah. in light of some of the statements that she's made. So it's it's a mess. Whether or not the situation is going to be any better in 2022 in terms of the Harry Potter brand kind of getting some of that stink off it, you know, you're, I guess they're only ever like one tweet away from it, you know, kind of rearing its head again. So who the hell knows? Um, I hope they can make a good game in light of all that. Um, you know, it's 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 a mess. It's a real shame. Yeah. Um, I, whether or not the brand itself can ever kind of separate itself from that, who the hell knows? Um, you know, so many, it, there's there's so much of an issue with this. The, like, even Roald Dahl, you know, people are kind of, you know, going back and revisiting, you know, I, I, he was my favorite author growing up, but, you know, also an anti-Semite and, and and was really into the Nazis and all this kind of, it's like, oh shit, like it's really hard to go back and revisit those books sure. and not have that at the back of your mind. Um, sure. So it's, it's, it's an issue. It's a problem. My, my, my guess is that the, the I mean, again, who knows? Cause I'm not in the room, but my, my best guess would be it's probably a combination of, yeah, we need to do, we, we do need to push it because it's clear we're not going to hit our date. But also, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world because right now the atmosphere is not the best one so toxic, to yeah. release a Harry Potter, a new Harry Potter product into the world. Maybe a year or two from now will be better. Maybe we hope. Like it's you know, it may, they're probably looking at it as 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 a benefit. But who the hell knows what's going to happen? If you thought we were liberal on that one, number four on the Roper Report, the ESA PAC, that's PAC, uh, to pause political contributions following the insurrection at the United States Capitol. This is our friend Rebecca Valentine and Brendan Sinclair over gamesindustry.biz. The Entertainment Software Association has said it will halt political donations from the ESA PAC after several of its beneficiaries voted to overturn the U.S. presidential election in the midst of an insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. Quote, given the events and actions that led to the violence at the U.S. Capitol, we are pausing contributions from the ESA PAC uh, as we reflect on the tragedy and our path forward, the ESA said in a statement. The ESA's decision comes following a violent siege last week that saw a mob of Trump supporters breach the U.S. Capitol, destroy property, and ultimately resulted in five dead. Multiple pipe bomb-like devices were also found in the area at the time and deactivated. Following these events, 147 lawmakers across the House and Senate, all Republicans, voted to overturn the U.S. presidential election results. Since then, a number of major corporations, including American Express, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Commerce Bank, Dow, and Marriott, have also suspended uh, donations to Congress members who voted to overturn. Uh, Reb and Brendan then go into the nitty-gritty here of who uh, ESA had uh, given stuff to and who are the people who have voted to overturn stuff there's five republicans from california georgia california indiana ohio then it goes into this alaskan senator who voted to try to birth through this bill there's a lot of good reporting here but i think the long and short of it is 
good, obviously. Fuck anybody. Fuck anybody who supported this and was a part of this and thought that, yes, you should overturn a free and fair uh, United States presidential election, election in general, period. But then I also don't love that it's like, we're, they, they're doing a blanket thing where they're saying worse, the ESA pack, Gary, is uh, halting all uh, donations, all support, right? When it's like, well, wait a second, like you did support Democrats. The article here ends with, 2020 was the first election cycle in several years that the ESA PAC gave more money to Democrats than Republicans after contributing more money to Republican candidates in 2018, 2016, 2014, and 2012. So it is like, wait, wait, I don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I, I, I love everybody turning on the fucking assholes who are betraying our country and poisoning the minds of their constituents. Yes, fuck those people right off into the sun. But everybody else, I don't know, I'm not about that. But this is in the, hopefully, in the moment, they're just trying to make a statement and get out there. Right, Gary? Um, oh, get, oh, man, I'm really good. I'm really, <laughs> really trying to, like, keep a lid on this because you, if you, if you know me and if you, if you follow me on Twitter, especially over the past week you you know that like the obviously the events at the capitol um uh, last wednesday were an absolute fucking disgrace and i and i watched it in much the same feeling as i remember watching 9-11 just staring mm -hmm. at the tv just just in absolute shock going how is this can this really be happening like we've we've gone over like we're through the looking glass at this point and trump's always been a monster he's always been a fascist pig and this we shouldn't have even got to this point but we now have and again looking for some kind of silver lining if there is a silver lining uh in all of this is that this is finally the thing that destroys him his fucking empire his legacy everything he's ever built or been associated is crumbling into dust and we will fucking salt the earth where it once stood and nothing could bring me more pleasure right now. We're watching him getting impeached for a second time yeah. on television right now. Him and his whole fucking vile, disgusting family is going to be absolutely fucking obliterated. And they will never be able to show their face in society again. And it's nothing less than they deserve. And they all need to go to fucking prison. That said, uh, what we're seeing right now with him and, and everyone who supported him uh, being deserted is obviously also very pleasing. Fucking Do like Deutsche Bank, fucking Dow Chemical. How much mm -hmm. of a piece of shit do you have to be that fucking <laughs> Dow, Dow Chemical won't do business with you? Yeah, I don't do Holy with you. fuck! So this is all very pleasing, and it's nothing. It's and it's well long overdue, and it's and it's and it's a tragedy that this nation had to be brought to the very brink of fucking death because that's how far that's how dangerous this was. And we don't even know yet. Like when 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 all of this comes out, not just about what happened on Wednesday, but everything that fucking asshole did to this country for the last four years, when everyone eventually kind of feels like it's safe to tell their stories, you're going to realize that it's so much fucking worse than we ever, than we ever understood. Yes. And we're like, how did we fucking survive this? And in a hundred years from now, we will be looking back and going, how the fuck did that happen? Once we actually look at this through kind of like the lens of history and everything that we'll know, we'll be absolutely fucking just shocked and appalled that we did this to ourselves. Um, in terms, in terms of the specific issue, the ESA and these other companies, I do. Th it's it's nice to see, and the the whole the only reason why you're now starting to see Republicans actually turn against Trump is because now finally people are talking the only language they understand, which is money. Yeah. The, the money spigot is being turned off, and that that's what keeps these fuckers alive. And now they're realizing, oh shit, this is actually costing me money. I better fucking do something. So it's a shame that that's the language that has to be spoken to these people to get them to fucking come correct finally. But we are now seeing that Trump is going to be impeached. 
I think there's a very good chance he's going to be convicted and good fuck him. He deserves to go to jail. Um, and I, I think there's a decent chance we're going to see that after the 20th as well. Um, but I also think you're going to see just, the, again, this broader thing of like anyone who was even in the fucking blast zone that was in any way associated with Trump, anyone who helped perpetuate this appalling, appalling lie that has driven a fucking stake through the heart of this country needs to fucking face full, full accountability. There needs to be a fucking American Nuremberg where all of these fucking assholes are held to account and made to answer for what they've done to this fucking country that I love. And it's an absolute fucking disgrace. And turning off the money spigot is just the first step. I do think it's a little bit cowardly that they, that some, it's interesting to see different companies have done, done different ways of doing this. Some have very directly said, anyone who voted to overturn the, the results of a free and fair election, those are the people that we're turning the money off from. That I applaud. I think it's a little bit more cowardly to say we're pausing all the political donations because they they, yeah. they they want to stop giving money to the bad guys, but they don't want to just they don't they don't want it to be that specific. It's more like oh, all political donations as, as as if it's a problem across the political spectrum. And many people have argued that it is a problem across the political spectrum that that, that America would Can't be a lot finance off. reform. Big, in, yeah, in, big corporations. Yeah, why, why, yeah, are you, yeah. why are you giving money to these people? Individual senators and Congress people should not be able to own individual stocks. And they should not be able to accept fucking vast amounts of, of, of shady money from big corporations. Because why are the corporations giving that money? Because they want something in return. It's a massive stain. It's a massive blight on political and public integrity. And it needs to fucking end. And I'm hoping that in the next few years, we'll start to see some moves in that direction. But for right now, what we can do today, everything that we're doing right now, like, I, I, you know, all the, the fucking um, book deals being canceled, uh, people being kicked off of, you know, um, you know, university advisory boards and things like that. It all, yes, it all needs to happen. Accountability is the only fucking way. Coming down on these people, these traders, these seditionists, these insurrectionists with a fucking hammer is the only way to ensure that something this terrible, we got fucking lucky, Greg. We got fucking lucky. We could be living under a fucking monarchy right now if what had happened on Wednesday had got even a sliver of going a bit differently. We could be living in a very different world right now. We came so fucking close to losing everything that we've been fucking working to protect for like more than 200 years. So yes, there need to be serious, serious fucking consequences, and th and for these for these people, there is no, no there is no more serious consequence than taking away their money, which they love so much and motivates them more than anything else. So yes, let's see more of that. I'm hoping that the coming days will continue this trend, and I look forward to the day in which the tr Trump and his whole vile legacy is just a fucking bad memory where we're just sitting around going, can, can you believe that fucking happened? That's Aren't what we're going to be doing. Are you sick of living history? I'm so fucking sick of living history. It's like, often, is, I, I've said it many times, it's often difficult to recognize that you're living through history when it's actually happening to you. And it's only when it's so pronounced. Yeah. Like 9-11, I remember thinking, like, as terrible as it was, I'm also, you're also thinking, like, this is fucking history. Like, the, the, you can feel the world changing around you, like, at, like right there in the moment. And, and, we're, and we saw it again on Wednesday, and we're seeing it again uh right now and it's I, I, again a lot a lot of this stuff is only going to be fully appreciated once we actually have the benefit of historical uh perspective and and all the information uh comes out about everything i guarantee we don't even know the fucking half of it greg of all yeah. the shit that has been done to this country in the last four years and it's all gonna it's all gonna come out in the wash once this is over and it's gonna be horrifying but it all needs to see the light of day sunlight is the best disinfectant 
we need to not bleach, as some people might tell you. Um, <laughs> sunlight is the only way. Um, I, 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 I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the events of the last couple of days, even though you know it took an absolute tragedy to get us here. I do think that it's you know it's you know it's like I, I used to be. Well, I am, still am, I guess, technically an alcoholic because you always are. You know, once once an alcoholic, um, always an alcoholic, and alcoholics have to hit bottom before they realize that, that the summit needs to, it's what they call, it's called a moment of clarity. It's that mm. moment when you find yourself pouring vodka on your cornflakes in the morning or waking up with your head in the fucking toilet bowl. And you're like, you, you, and you realize that, Oh fuck. Like it, yes, this is now so bad that I can't ignore it anymore. America had its fucking moment of clarity on, on Wednesday. And now it's time to fucking detox. And we're seeing the beginning of that process right now. And I'm all for it. Fuck. Yeah. Gary Winner. I agree with you hundred percent. I have nothing to add. You nailed that as always. A fine final Gary Witta Witta Wednesday rant before Witta Wednesday moves to Tuesdays. <laughs> Just to clarify, I never poured vodka on my cornflakes, but I do know someone else who did, and that was their that was their moment. I asked I asked another sure. alcoholic once, when did you know that you had to quit drinking? He said, it was when I found myself pouring vodka on my cornflakes in the morning for breakfast. That'll do it. Uh, palate cleanser before we get into every, the other things and end the show number five predator is coming to Fortnite. uh this is darren bonfus over at GameSpot, who writes what? the deadliest hunter in the galaxy is on his way to Fortnite as this week's 15.20 update added several predator themed challenges to the game completing these new tasks will unlock predator cosmetic items in Fortnite's secret battle pass character tab although the actual predator skin won't be seen for a few more weeks uh if you click on that kevin and want to show it we're late so it doesn't really matter it's just the yeah there you go the predator ship there is uh crash landed and you got the old fish dude waving at him not understanding he's about to get eviscerated but that's all super sh- uh, short teaser that fortnite put up kevin i'm excited to see predator come to fortnite but that's still so far away gary if i wanted something more immediate say what came to the mom and grop shops today where would i go the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday yeah out today rana uh, the shaman girl now available on ios and android uh scale boy refraction on pc and mac glitches trip on xbox one get over here on switch the pillar puzzle escape on switch gorilla big adventure on switch head the pig on switch space aliens invaders on switch table soccer foosball on switch and galactic trooper armada on switch a bunch of fucking made up ass games right there (laughs) new dates for you 30xx is coming to steam february 17th and blue fire will be on nintendo switch and pc february 4th and then hero you rogue to redemption is coming to nintendo switch on february 9th we of course uh have you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show with your questions like we had a whole bunch earlier and of course to squad up uh you can write in tell us your name username platform of choice and why you need help in a game i read it here the best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together today to fletcher needs help on apex Crossplay baby he writes all platforms you can find him as tay t-e fletcher f-l-e-t-c uh, I'm sorry, F-L-E-C-T-E-R, all one word, to Fletcher. Uh, looking to get back into Apex Legends after watching Nick, Andy, and Snowbike Mike have a blast yesterday. I'm in the Kind of Funny Community Discord with the same username uh, from my fellow PC players. Add me on Origin or Steam if you want to play Apex with the Fletcher. Go get him. Gary, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, Ignacio Rojas writes in and says, uh, Burrow is pronounced Burrow. 
It's That's Spanish what I said. Dogs. I said burrow. I mean, he's correcting me, not you, not you. Because I, I was saying I burrow like a dog Spanish. burrows. I, didn't, I, didn't I, I just wanted to make sure I was saying the right thing for the is, ad in the beginning. Is it burro? Is According it, to Ignacio. Burrow. No, no, I know, burrow. but like I, well, he's ad. doing the Spanish pronunciation. Right? Yeah. No, it's burrow. It is burrow for the ad. Oh, okay. We're off track. Don't worry about it. Ooh. Nanobiologist says there was a Star Wars Yoda stories. It was released on Game Boy Color in Windows in 1997. So you're right there, Gary. Uh, and then uh, Nanobiologist, I, this happens. I forget who said it. Uh, the person pushing the rock up the hill was Sisyphus because he tried to cheat death. Uh, Pixelated Soul says Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was released in 1989. And then, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then Escalator Boy tries to correct you on something. On your, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Tim. Friday, it's going to be me and Carolyn Pettit. Uh, we'll be running you through all that stuff. If you're watching live on Twitch, it's my day to stream, which is the whole reason we're moving Widow Wednesdays to Tuesday. So me and Gary will be on Tuesday. Blessing and Imran will be on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going to be playing Bloodborne. And heads up, I'm going to do something I never do. I think everybody's going to be cool with it because everybody's super chill and cool. No Patreon post show. Because we're, we, I didn't, I let both the Star Wars conversation breathe a lot today, and then of course uh, <laughs> Gary's rant about politics as we needed to be breathed a lot today. Oh yeah, and we so ran we're already. Long, huh? Sorry you're, about I, I never, I don't have you for an indefinite amount of time, and then I do need to start this stream and have my day continue. So we're gonna move over right to the Bloodborne stream right now. Hey, I just uh, realized, Greg. Now I get to say at the end of each stream. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. See you like next Tuesday. I like that. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.